1: Live from Everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
2: Oh, here we go! Here we go! Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who didn't visit East Palestine this morning. Wow, Pete Booty Judge taking an early tour of the train wreck three weeks after it happened. You suck, you jackass. A lot of locals felt that way. We'll get into it along with a Politico piece. Check this one out. That says Joe Biden, the man who fell while he was walking up the stairs of Air Force One again yesterday, won't be running in 2024.
3: This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup.
2: We're going to get into it with Shannon Bream, host of the Fox News Sunday program, and comedian Dave Landau, Diamond Dave, back on the show. He also happens to be making his debut tonight on Kennedy, on the Fox Business Network. I will be guest hosting the show, Diamond Dave, making his Fox TV debut. (laughs) You're damn right it's a big day. 888-788-9910, the phone number if you want to be a part of it. Also the phone number if you don't want to be a part of it. We don't care. We welcome people from all sides of the aisle. You got some big testicles to pull this off, bro. Sure do. But 888-788-9910, be a Republican, be a Democrat. You're all welcome. Just don't be a <laughs> Happy Thursday, everybody. Uh, If you watched me last night, guest hosting Kennedy, hooray. Uh, If you watched me on Hannity afterwards, great. Uh, Seriously, I really do appreciate it. And I will be doing that again tonight. I'm hosting Kennedy at 7 o'clock on the Fox Business Network. And then I will be on with Sean Hannity in the 9 o'clock hour as well. And uh, these are, for me, for real, uh, my best days in this career. These are the days that mean the most to me as a person only because, you know, when I was uh, driving a cab, You know, I used to listen to a lot of talk radio and the one like real fantasy that that, like kind of pulled me through those 15 hour shifts. You know, one was fantasizing about my own death, but the other one when I was fantasizing about living and prospering, uh, I always wanted to have a platform where I could just help other comics. You know, like when I was driving a cab to bring you back to the era where I was driving, you're talking about like 07 You know, all the way up to, like, 2014 into the 2015 range. So, like, Imus had a show. Don Imus booked a lot of comedians, and, you know, they were able to sell more tickets on the road. Opie and Anthony was a local terrestrial show, again, that had a lot of comics on and helped them sell tickets on the road and reach a wider audience. And I always really did. Like, it was the coolest thing in the world to me to kind of, you know, con myself into believing that someday I could have a platform that would kind of help to elevate other people. So on a day like today where we get Diamond Dave on the show, and he's been on quite a bit, uh, but we're also now able to get him onto TV so he can reach a wide audience, uh, it's a really cool day for me. You know, because the one thing – I think I've shared this with a lot of you – is when Fox gave me this show, they're like, hey, Jimmy, uh, how would you like to host a nationally syndicated talk show? My response immediately was – That's Use your common sense. I was like, dude, are you nuts? I'm not qualified to run this show. Like, what do you know? Ah, like I drove a cab. I went to community college. But the more I thought about it, the more I paid attention to the people in politics, the more I realized there's such a stampede of stupidity going on in this world that I'm actually sort of qualified to be here. That being said, what I was really mindful of was just the impact I would have on the people listening to this nonsense every day. And something you've heard me say a lot is I had resolved to try and use this platform for good, be a force multiplier of positive energy. That's kind of the contribution I make to the broadcast sphere. Certainly not the smartest guy, uh, although a lot of you would probably consider me the best looking. Oh, man, I knew I was going to walk into that. But the point is I wanted to have a unique show in the sense that it became like a rallying point for common sense people who were just trying to have a good time talking about politics, who thought we might actually do something productive. And if that could reach a big enough audience, then, yes, I would be able to elevate other talented folks. So today, honestly, as somebody who genuinely is here, it's early in my career. I've not been around long. I actually care. Like I'm on The First Wife you know, with the first kid, I'm, I, we're not adding more, just so we're clear. Uh, but the point is, I'm one of those guys. You know, there's plenty of people that have been doing this, you know, 800 years that I'm not telling you they don't care. But the point is, there's such a level of prosperity where you probably lose touch with the most primal, okay, the most primal needs in a basic human existence. And I am still new enough to this that I'm happy to report that I not only care, but I get it. So when I talk about helping, I get really like almost like incensed, even on a day like today where it's, you know, in my head today is an absolute party. (laughs) For real. I got a buddy coming in. He's going to be on TV tonight because of me. I'm hosting the show. It's amazing. It's great. It's awesome. Okay, but speaking in the sense of helping people, what I watched go on in East Palestine this morning is really embarrassing by this administration. Pete Booty judges pathetic. So, what happens here, okay, is Transportation Secretary, Mayor Pete, finally makes his way out to East Palestine three whole weeks. Three whole weeks. After the disaster, that's pitiful. I mean, it's absolutely pitiful to perform like that pitiful. And you understand the only reason he's going is because Donald Trump showed up the day before. That's true. That and is true. Only reason is going. This isn't action. This is reaction. All right. This now looks bad for us politically. The Democrats initially didn't care about this disaster. It's poor white people. They didn't vote Democrat. Never mind that every one of these disasters highlights the need for more pipelines, something the Democrats tell you they're against because of the environment. When was the last time you heard a pipeline overturning and contaminating the environment the way this train wreck did? The answer is never. Doesn't happen. Okay, so the Democrats in a lot of ways have shaped the potential for more of this sort of thing, that being a political liability to them. They don't want to go anywhere near the story. Okay, but bigger than that is they can't even be bothered to pretend to care. The reason you send somebody out there right away is technically in a leadership position. They're showing up to ascertain that the local teams on the ground are properly coordinated and are addressing this thing in the most expeditious manner possible. That's why you show up. We don't expect him to show up, put on a hazmat suit and start bailing chemicals out of the water. Hell. The train company ain't even doing that. (laughs) They're just telling people to sign a check and move on with their lives. That's not right. But the truth is he's supposed to be there because it is a symbol of support. And it is a symbol of support not just to the residents who've had their, their, their livelihood contaminated, but to the people on the ground doing the repair work. It's a reminder to all of them that this matters. With the United States of America. If you hit one of us, you hit all of us. Well, an accident hit one of us. All of us are here to make sure it works out. OK, so did this White House, did this administration at any point in the last three weeks make that statement? The answer would be no. I mean, technically speaking, 13 days in, 13 days in, Pete Judge tweeted, I continue to be concerned about the... You got to do better than that. If you continue to be concerned, that would mean you were initially concerned. Meaning there would be a prior tweet, a prior statement, a prior visit. But again, was one. The answer would be no. Okay, so what we saw this morning was not action. It was reaction. Okay, Pete Judge on the ground. And understand... This is very much a reaction to Trump going to them wanting to save political face. Why? Because he was interviewed the night before and said he didn't know when he would go. OK, they made up their mind rather quickly when Trump showed up to the scene. them like it is here is Mayor Pete talking to the Daily Caller the night before. It's clip one.
4: You don't have a message here. for them? I do, and I shared it with the press many times today. I'd refer you to those comments. Would
3: you mind sharing it with
1: us? No, I'm going to refer you to the comments that I made to the press because uh, right now I'm taking some personal time and I'm walking down the street.
3: Are you going down there? <clears throat> What's up? Are you going down there at all? Um. Yeah, I am. When are you going?
1: Uh, I'll share that uh, when I'm ready. Okay, I'm thank the you. Can I, get a, can I get a photo of you?
2: Yeah. What a loser. I mean, really, seriously. Well, I'm I'm taking a walk right now. I got a little private time. Well, you know, I'll talk about it when I'm ready.
1: I'm sick and tired of
2: all this bullshit. Well, it turns out he was ready when he saw the political winds blowing in the wrong direction. Here's my man Byron Donalds. He was on with Mornings with Maria earlier talking about a clip too.
1: Too little, too late. Uh, no leadership at all. Basically, he's being shamed into going. And again, I don't want him to do photo ops. I want you to actually take the disaster seriously, actually do the job that you're supposed to do, and frankly, get ahead of these issues. Uh, he's supposed to be leading. He does not. He talks a good game, but there's really been no action from the man. So I'm trying to figure out what he actually is doing uh, in his day-to-day role as, tr- as uh, Secretary of Transportation.
2: Seriously. And what he's saying to Mayor Pete is You
4: are a sad, strange little man.
2: Because the guy's not doing anything. Okay. And just so you understand, even as he finally sets his size five boots on the ground today, okay, there's still nothing being done other than an effort to close the political gap. Okay. Here are CNN reporters flat out admitting that the Democrats didn't prioritize this and didn't need to prioritize this. Because it's Trump country. This is clip eight.
0: This is sort of hardcore Trump country. If this was not a Trump plus 20 district, as you just said, I don't think you would be seeing him there. If this was anything that was, uh, you know, much closer electorally, he has been looking for opportunities to put himself in the news cycle. We-
2: I mean, listen to that. OK, and understand this is how they think. They think of that area as Trump country. OK, I think of this whole country. As one country. You know the people on the left that are selling you unity? They don't want unity. They want you to shut up and embody the same weirdo principles they do. Okay, they look at this as different countries. Ah, that's Trump country. Okay, they don't look at it as one country. Ergo, they don't go anywhere near East Palestine unless they absolutely have to. This is politics as usual. Here's Joe Scarborough, okay, getting into it about Trump going there. And understand the Joe Scarborough deal. It's a big—you have to know this, okay? Trump and Joe Scarborough, okay, used to do TV together like three days a week. Trump had been going on Scarborough's show for the better part of 10 years. They were friendly. Scarborough went down to Mar-a-Lago all the time. Now, the truth is in media, these people have monstrous egos, just gargantuan egos. And they're so consumed and they're so accustomed to being the most important person in every room that they walk into that a lot of the media figures who loved Trump as a friend, who had him on his show all the time, couldn't deal with the fact that he was as omnipotent as he became, meaning they thought they were the stars. When Trump ran for president, he caught something in this country and became Probably the most visible human being on the planet for the better part of five years. And in a world full of egos, I mean, I got to tell you, they don't know how to process that emotionally. No! Oh, no, no! So they, on a dime, all of the people who love Trump and had him on their shows all the time pivoted to like he's literally Hitler. And they had to do that to sell to themselves the fact that he wasn't just better and more relatable than they were. That's why guys like Howard Stern turned on them. That's why, you know, Howard Stern, who used to be the king of all media. But now he whines so much, he's like the Prince Harry of all media. You know, think of a show like The View that had him on all the time. Think about somebody like Rosie O'Donnell, he used to fight with, but she used to call him crass and cantankerous. She was never calling him Hitler till he ran for politics, and then Rosie O'Donnell got on the train with everybody else.
4: There's a slob. There's a real slob.
2: So when you hear Joe Scarborough come in on Trump in this clip I'm about to play you, you have to understand this is emotional for him. And I give you this advice all the time. Don't operate from a place of emotion, no matter what you're doing, because emotion often denies you the self-awareness that would tell you you sound like an idiot, that would tell you you don't sound reasonable to normal people. So much of what Joe Scarborough says here, once you get past the name-calling and the lashing out so he can comfort himself with his irrelevance, so much of this is inaccurate. But just hear it and understand that where it's coming from is from the wounded pride of a media figure who doesn't matter as much as the guy who used to be his guest. It's clip nine.
4: The guy's just so gross. He really is. I mean, you're talking about Trump water, branded Trump water. Uh, and and by the way, he's such a hypocrite, too, talking about attacking Joe Biden while Joe Biden is going, you know, risking his life, fighting for Western democracy, something he doesn't give a damn about, something, you know, when you have a guy Remember that talks stakes? about suspending the Constitution. Uh, 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 it, it's just absolutely so insane. That was... And by the way... Where was that guy when there were, were disasters, where, when there were train disasters, when he was president of the United States? Exactly. I never saw him out. Well, I never saw him out. Where was he? Why, why did he decide to go here? Well,
0: he did go throw paper towels at people.
2: That was embarrassing. There you go. Answer your question for you, Joe. Where was he when there was a disaster in this country? On the scene at every single one of them. Bingo. There was a hurricane. He was showing up. That's what he did. And yes, they were so bothered by the fact that he showed up that they considered it a slander that he was throwing paper towels at people, throwing paper towels at them, like having fun with the rebuild, having fun with the relief, throwing paper towels. Do You know what Joe Biden was doing when disaster struck in this country? He was throwing money at Ukraine, wasn't throwing paper towels to the survivors, wasn't throwing empathy at the victims. He was throwing money at Ukraine. The
0: media is a bunch of
2: losers. They really are. And you have to understand that in this moment, it kills them. It kills them to see a moment where Trump is able to flex his connection with the common guy. Oh, yeah, showing up with Trump water. That's Trump. He's a shameless marketeer. I don't deny that. Okay, but understand Trump water is a lot better than no water. And that's their other option right now. Because we've got a people in Washington that could give a rat's ass about what they consider to be not the United States of America, but a small, tiny town in Trump country.
1: You're absolutely right. Taking the edge off one story at a time. America needs to learn how to lighten up. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify.
4: We're here today in East Palestine to show our love and support for our fellow Americans. And this hour of need to the people of East Palestine and to the nearby communities in Ohio and Pennsylvania, uh, we have told you loud and clear you are not forgotten. We stand with you, we pray for you, and we will stay with you in your fight to help answer and the accountability that you deserve.
2: Boom! That's Donald Trump speaking in East Palestine. Telling people, yeah, we're here. Is it politically opportunistic of Trump to go there? Of course it is. But let's be clear. Okay, Trump's superpower is actually showing up and demonstrating that he gives a (laughs) about the common man. That's how he became the president. Okay? And when he became the president, that's what he prioritized. Trump's your only president in the last 50 years. That didn't get us into a war. Everybody else is just, you know, starting wars, making money for the Uniparty, selling out jobs to the globalists. You know, Trump actually did prioritize the little guy. You can make a million accurate claims about his personality and his lack of discipline and the problem with his tweets and everything in between. But you understand when people are struggling, they don't need miscongeniality to be president. They don't care. They're not electing a priest. They're electing someone that will get out there and fight for them, go to bat for them. And that's his true superpower. So when Trump's over there promising Ukraine will pay their pensions and make sure everybody uses the right gender pronouns in their military, it's not nearly as appealing to the common man as a guy who looks America's face in the eye and looks at their enemies and says, you and me are going to fight when that bell rings at three o'clock. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Big Thursday episode in the works. Shannon Bream is the host of Fox News Sunday, a woman far too classy for this program. But apparently she's got to get some points off her driver's license or something, do some community service. She's stopping by. Diamond Dave Landau is going to be here as well. But before we get to those fine guests, I do need to play you a quick clip from The View.
1: No, God, no, God, please, no, no, no.
2: Uh, listen, this isn't easy for me. I mean, this is my job. I got to do this every day. Like, some of you listen every day, but at least you tune out for a little bit to go get lunch or you're doing something at work. I got to listen to this stuff all the time. <laughs> so I don't, I don't want to hear it from you guys. I'll tell you what I'll do. As a buffer, as a buffer, I will give you, uh, like, to, just to kind of ease you into it, I'm going to give you a clip from Joy Reid first. Joy Reid is a race-baiting loser. Absolutely. But you know what? Maybe this will take the edge off a little bit. So the big claim in the media right now is that this whole disaster is Trump's fault. And of course, it's Trump's fault. Why? Because everything's Trump's fault. Okay? The bad ending to The Sopranos was Trump's fault. Can't tell if Tony Soprano lived or died. Friggin' Trump! You know, you don't have air in your tires when you woke up this morning. The cap was off. The cold weather deflated. Ah, oh, Trump to January 6th! That's everything's Trump's fault. But what they're trying to make the claim now... Is that when Trump slashed regulations as president, he created the atmosphere where train derailments like this could happen. Now, if you want to argue that he slashed those, that's legislation or those rules or eased, fine, that can absolutely be your argument if the Democrats had been in office a half hour. Okay, but we're two years into this administration. And if this rule change was so egregious, was such a problem, and they really openly felt that way, they would have changed it by now. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. The point is, nobody cared about this rule till they looked around for something to care about so they could pass the blame to Trump. Bingo, man, bingo. You got to understand, there's a lot of people that are liberals, okay, that hate themselves so much, so much, that they need a 24-hour foil. They have to point, they have to channel all of their self-disgust, all of their self-hatred at something else so they don't have to look inward at the things they hate about themselves. Okay, where Trump really serves such a vital purpose to self-loathing media idiots is he's the guy they can reflexively blame and there'll always be a few million people that'll take the ride with him. Just blame Trump. It's all you gotta do. Okay, understand, like in the movie Scarface, at the end, Al Pacino stands up in the restaurant and he's like, you need people like me so you can point your fingers and say, that's the bad guy. And now that's Trump. They, they need people like him so they can point their fingers and say that's the bad guy. Bingo. Okay, here is Joy Reid pointing her finger, clip 10.
0: Well, Trump definitely did do what he said he was gonna do when it came to the rail industry, killing an Obama-era rule change that would've required faster brakes on trains carrying flammable materials and ending regular rail safety audits. Today, Trump visited the scene of the disaster that he helped create, visiting the deregulated world called Ohio. Where residents of East Palestine are afraid to wash their clothes, drink the water, or shower after the toxic train derailment
3: there. What would you do with the brain if you had one?
2: It really is embarrassing. Because, again, if this rule is what caused the crash, and they don't know that that's true, but if they did know it was true, they would have been paying attention to this crash from the first day it happened. Oh! They're only paying attention now. They're only digging up this rule because they've been forced to cover the story. The things she cited, like wash your clothes, you can't drink your water, you can't shower. Oh, they're suddenly upset that these people can't do those things? If they were upset that these people couldn't do those things, they should have been saying so three weeks ago. Correct the mundo. But instead they're pivoting to Trump now because it kills them that the guy they get out of bed to hate is being seen favorably in this particular news cycle. There's no way to slice this. Trump went there before the administration did, before the transportation secretary, before the president. Trump went there. Trump showed up. Trump gave out water. Trump gave out his campaign hats. Trump went to McDonald's and bought people food. Trump spent a few hundred thousand dollars providing Local uh, relief in the form of, yes, Trump bottled water. And you could say, ah, what a crass marketeer. Hey, still better than the alternative coming out of the faucet right now. Don't get me wrong. I like a three-tailed dog as much as the next guy. Sure, it's easier to get a swimming scholarship if your kids grow up with webbed feet. Uh, But the point is, Trump coming there, Trump demonstrating some empathy, Trump saying, hey, if I get back into Washington, you'll have somebody who cares. Okay, people need that. Forget his politics. People, They actually need that on the ground. This is what you want to hear in this moment. And they can believe it because he's already shown this once as your president. Which is why when you see and understand this, a lot of these self-hating people in the media, they're very educated. They don't have common sense. They don't have self-awareness. But they're not stupid. Okay? People understand optics. Okay? The reason, again... That Pete Booty judge was forced to finally go there. The night before, I don't know when I'm going to go. Who cares? I don't I'll get to it when I get to it. Oh, Trump's showing up. We'll be there in a half hour. That's what they did. Biden called in from Ukraine. He FaceTimed in from Ukraine to talk to local leaders. I don't remember that ever happening. To be technical, he was in Warsaw, Poland. But the point is, on the other side of the world, three weeks removed from the disaster, They finally interrupted his schedule to call local leaders via FaceTime three weeks later because they heard Trump was going. The politics, always more important than the people. The people could kiss his old dimply ass, okay, until he heard there was going to be a political cost to doing so, at which point he gets on the FaceTime, at which point Pete gets out to East Palestine, okay? People in media understand optics, they understand, they won't admit it. They understand the optics of Joe Biden being on the other side of the world, promising another Venmo of a few hundred million dollars to a war we have no intention or desire to end anytime soon, while an American city is literally burning. They know that's bad optics. It really, really looks indifferent. To the people who reside in this country, the people who are supposed to be your top priority.
5: Welcome to the Biden administration,
2: home to the new slogan, America Last. So, what they're trying to do in the face of all of these bad optics is they're trying to reduce the positive impact of Trump's visit by pivoting to this rule thing, pivoting to this, you know, he's giving out his water. Come on, what kind of guy gives out his water? When people don't have water to drink, you know what I'm saying? There's always a criticism. There should be no criticism. He showed up. He went to help. You should be happy because nobody else showed up and cared. You know, earlier I played you that Joe Scarborough clip of him saying, well, when did Trump go to disasters when he was president? Oh, every time. Oh, that's right. Every time. One time they yelled at him because he was throwing the paper towels like a football. Look at him making light of this. Dude, throwing paper towels is making light of it. You know what making light of it is? Not showing up. They didn't show up, dude. They didn't show up. Booty judge went this morning at 7 a.m. Before the town folk are even out of bed. He showed up so he could get in and out. Get the photo out, Put on the hard hat. Look like he cared. You gotta do better than that. But we'll take it a step further. And this is what's so unprecedented. I've never seen this. You haven't seen this. Okay, we now live in an America. Where you don't just attack the politician. You attack the voter. There is an othering of people who voted conservative in this country, and it's disgusting. And you shouldn't be happy with it if you're a liberal, because I got to be honest, as a conservative, I would be miserable if this is what we were doing to you, treating you as less than human, treating you as so stupid, you're not worthy of our empathy or our concern. Listen to Joy Behar on The View, flat out saying, well, these people in East Palestine, look who they voted for. They got what they deserved. Here it is.
0: This is Trump country. He won by 40 points. It, it, he, won, he is a president for all Americans, I believe that, but he needs to show do that they, he is. Do it do was time for him to be... I don't know why that they that would ever vote for him because for somebody
3: who, who, by the way, he placed someone with deep ties to the chemical industry in charge of the EPA's Chemical Safety Office. That's who you voted for in that district. Donald Trump. Who reduces all safety? He yeah. did. But he showed up at McDonald's
5: and those that? voters yeah, but, saw it, something on the ground uh, that yeah. probably it, resonates in a way that the they I, But to they know. need to
3: look past the photo of ops, these people, and Wait. say who's doing the job here. Forget about the photo ops. Showing up go. is a big Showing thing. Showing up, though. I think. I big think in some this community. is Donald Trump's fault.
2: The view is awful. Did you hear the end? I think this is Donald Trump's fault. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Wait, what? I think this is Donald Trump's (laughs) – I think this is Donald Trump's fault. I can't even get the words out. Joy Behar, they better look – they should look past him showing up and realize he put somebody at the EPA with ties to the – Shut up. Will you shut up? Wait, what? But they can't. They can't have an honest conversation. It's got well, It's got to be Trump's fault. How could it not be Trump's fault? Again, here it is. I'll give it to you right now. If Trump changed a rule that caused this crash, and we all knew it was so horrific, it was only a matter of time, how come in the past two and a half years the Democrats haven't taken a single solitary step to correct it? I think he's got a point. Don't need legislation. It can all be done through executive order. They repealed all of his other policies at the border. Okay, killed the Keystone Energy Pipeline. Didn't need legislation. They did what they wanted. OK, and yes, yeah, screwed up the country to hell and back. But you understand when Joy Behar pulls that pivot of, well, uh, it's Trump country. Look what they voted for. I mean, come on. What an idiot. There's a, a, a like You need to know this, man. I live in New York. I'm surrounded, surrounded by all the networks, all the big media people. I get to go to all the parties. And it's, it's fascinating. I'm like popular at these parties. So I'm the only like real person. They've never seen one before. They're like, what's that lock? Like? <laughs> you know people who say friggin', That's unbelievable. <laughs> they're like, they're so like, it's like, I'm like E.T. They're blown away by my primitive vocabulary. <laughs> like, well, we found a chubby one. We never seen one of these in the media before. <laughs> they're like fascinated by me. And the point is, you don't matter to them. Like you're not, you're less than a human being. Your life doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I'm just telling you, you need to know this. This isn't healthy. I'm not telling you to make their lives not matter. It's not how America stays together. That's not the goal. But you have to understand they are children. They have the emotional depth of children. I said this to you yesterday. The Democrats want control of this country. They don't care how the country goes as long as they're the ones that get to play with the toy. You ever seen two kids struggle for control of a toy until the country gets torn in half? You know that malicious look on the one kid's face that just, honey, just give up the toy. It's 30 seconds. You'll get the toy back. I'll give you another toy. No. No. I'm not giving you the toy. No. And they don't care. They'll break the toy. Okay. If you want control of the toy, okay, they're willing to destroy it to stop you from playing with it. Okay. If you want control of your own thoughts and values, they're willing to destroy you. If you don't go along with theirs, do you remember the shaming the unvaccinated clip I played you? Okay, we need to start shaming these people. Screw you. Screw your freedom. Oh, by the way, vaccine doesn't work. It's not a vaccine. Vaccines stop you from getting the virus. Okay, you've never heard of 50 million breakthrough measles cases. You've never heard of 50 million breakthrough polio cases. Why? Because those are vaccines. They stop you from getting the thing you're vaccinated against. The Democrats in the fight for political power, okay, they did away, they did away with natural immunity. They forced a mandate on us, did not factor in ma- you know natural immunity as an exemption to the mandate, even though science is showing us, as we knew then, what we know now, that natural immunity is just as good, if not better than the vaccine, they forced it on us anyway, and said if you wanted to acknowledge science, you were the problem. We need to start shaming you,
4: not getting
3: vaccines.
0: It's time to start shaming them because, frankly, we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated. That- em, em,
1: their Freedom. I want my freedom to live. No, screw your freedom. You're a schmuck for not wearing a mask. We have to stop coddling the morons who will not get the shot. Shame on you.
2: I mean, listen to that. Here's Jimmy Kimmel saying you should let an unvaccinated person die. If the hospital's too crowded, Dr. Fauci
4: said that if hospitals get any more overcrowded, they're going to have to make some very tough choices about who gets an ICU. But that choice doesn't seem so tough to me. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo?
1: Rest in peace, Wheezy.
2: Oh, you showed them, Jimmy Kimmel. I'm, t- I'm literally hundreds of viewers around the world tuned in to hear that gospel. I mean, but that's who they are. There's a moral superiority thing within them that's not healthy. And the reason I give you this speech about how we've got to be decent human beings and be the reasonable side is because if you care about the country, like, they're children. And we could name-call back and we could fight and we could be lunatics. But the reality is we're not going to have a country if everybody plays the game this way. So in this moment where the kids are fighting for control of the toy— Somebody needs to be the adult that pulls the car over looks them both in the eye and goes hey shut the f-
3: I Got some beers. This show is so
4: freaking dumb that my face is Ooh. bored to tears.
3: Cause Whoopi is a moron, and Joy is stupid too. honey why don't we turn off the so bad it hurts my head and none of this crap is true they say dumb things and they scream honey this ain't
1: Fela on Fox Across America.
2: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Possible cause of the Ohio train crash was just released moments ago. The National Transportation and Safety Board releasing a preliminary report on the Ohio train derailment. And uh, I know this isn't going to sit well with MSNBC or CNN or the View, but they're not blaming Donald Trump. The operators of the Norfolk Southern train involved in a toxic derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, earlier this month received a critical audible alarm message instructing the crew to slow and stop the train to inspect a hot axle, according to a newly released National Transportation Safety Board report on Thursday. And the preliminary report after hearing the warning about the hot bearing, the detector on the train, the train's engineer increased the dynamic brake application to further slow and stop the train Say some prayers for the media. This is a tough day for them.
1: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
2: Oh, you bet it is. And We are getting ready. It's a big hour. It's a plus-sized hour of Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. Shannon Bream, a woman far too classy for a radio house of ill repute such as this one. We'll be stopping by in this hour to do some type of Fox News community service. I don't know how the hell she got this booking, uh, but she'll be here and we are as excited as all get out to talk to her. Uh, we also want to hear from you, 888-788-9910. We're talking 2024 in this hour because the Democrats, somebody, I don't know who, decided it was a good idea to stick Kamala Harris back in front of a microphone yesterday. What? The hell were you thinking? I don't know, but you're going to love it. And uh, we're going to revisit, of course, the state of Georgia, where the jury four person, if you remember, uh, she kind of made the rounds in media yesterday talking about the possibility of swearing in Donald Trump and indicting Donald Trump. Uh, she is making more headlines today, and not the good kind. Uh, essentially, everybody who watched her on TV. Uh, had the same takeaway at the end of the interviews, which was... You're a loony. So let's start there. 888-788-9910. Every single person listening is welcome.
4: I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are.
2: Let me explain what's going on here. It's a twofold thing in the media right now. Okay, the first one is, you know, Trump being charged down in Georgia, potentially for making an attempt to overturn that election. Just so you understand, nothing's going to happen to Trump. Nothing. Zero zip-silch. This is like his tax returns before it, the Ukrainian impeachment before that, Stormy Daniels before that, the Russia collusion before that. The media, you understand, when it comes to Trump, the process is the punishment. What I mean by that is every waking moment of his life since he entered politics has had a scandal hanging over his head. Not necessarily a scandal of his making, but a scandal the media created, the media ran with, and then sold you. This dire, grim, walls are closing in, the guy's going to jail. It was made up by these sick people. And understand, when I get on the air, I piss off a lot of my audience by saying I'm not running the Donald Trump radio defense fund. I can take issue with a lot of things he does. But in this country, okay, if we are— going to continue to be a country. We have to acknowledge that the media is failing all of us. The media is running on clicks. Okay, they need clicks. They want Democrats to get elected. So they'll say anything. They'll do anything. I'm going to play it for you to help Democrats get elected. They will slander Trump in any way they can. So much so that people have now tainted the juror pool in this country, we now have people leading juries, juries that could decide your fate or mine. Heaven forbid we did something stupid. OK, juries of our peers who no longer have the ability to remain impartial. You know, for all the clips we played of this woman who's the foreperson of the jury yesterday. Yeah, we all mocked that she's nuts. She looks like a sociopath. She's really overacting for the camera and she doesn't look comfortable in her own skin. But the bigger issue, if you're keeping score at home, is that she is a woman who is not in any way, shape or form impartial. I agree with that. So here is Emily Kors yesterday talking about how excited she was to swear in Donald Trump. She never got the chance, but she would have been so excited. Clip 11.
0: Did you personally want to hear from the former president? I wanted to
5: hear from the former president. But honestly, I kind of wanted to subpoena the former president because I got to swear everybody in. And so I thought it'd be really cool to get 60 seconds with President Trump of me looking at him and being like,
2: do you solemnly swear? And me getting to swear him in, I just, I kind of just thought that would
5: be an awesome
3: moment.
1: That was absolutely dreadful.
2: I just want to like swear him in. That would be like an awesome moment to look Trump in the eye. You know, he's a monster. He's like literally Hitler. I heard he ate like 8 million babies. And like, I just wanted to look him in the eye and have him feel my power. Like, that's who she is. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. I mean, really, from a legal standpoint, yes, because it creates the appearance that she's not impartial. And here she was yesterday, I played you this clip, saying she'd be sad if nothing happened to Trump. Okay, again, this is not impartiality. This is clip 12.
0: After everything that you've seen, what would your reaction be if the DA decides against bringing any charges after what you've seen?
5: I will be sad if nothing happens. Like, that's, that's about my only request there, is, is for something to happen. I don't necessarily know what it is. I'm not the legal expert. I'm not the judge. I'm not the lawyers. But I, I will be frustrated if nothing happens. This was too much, too much information, too much of my time, too much of everyone's time, too much of their time, too much argument in, in court about getting people to appear before us. There was just too much. For this to just be Oh, okay, we're good. Bye.
2: Oh shut up, woman. I mean <laughs> I mean, did you listen to her? I don't have any friends. <laughs> just too much happen. I would be disappointed if nothing happened to President Trump. Like, dude, you're supposed to be impartial. Number one. Number two. She comes off as, you know, a little bit less than authentic and a little uncomfortable with herself. But you see, the media has created within a lot of people a bloodlust for Donald Trump. And people have attached so much more emotional significance to his actions than they warrant. And that's by design in the media. They need you hating Republicans, period. Politics in this country has no longer been an engagement on issues. Well, I want to secure the border. Well, I don't. You know, we're not doing that. We're now just doing how do you define your opponent to your supporters, to the people you're hoping to make your supporters. It's no longer I want to secure the border. I don't. Here's why. It's now I want to secure the border. That's because you're a racist. Come on, everybody. Don't vote for the racist. Get over here. We'll call your boss you vote for the racist. We'll dox you on Twitter if you vote for the racist. And they're not talking about substance. They're just trying to define their opponents. And one of the reasons they're so desperate to do so is intellectually the Democrats have really become a party of stupid, lazy people. Like a good example is Pete Buttigieg, a stupid, lazy person. Okay, stupid. You're the transportation secretary, a train derails, contaminates the drinking water. Thousands of fish are dying instantaneously. Hello, it looks bad. It looks like the beginning of a Hollywood horror film. Hey, why are all the fish dead? Oh, no, my chickens are dead too. Dun, dun, da. You're supposed to know to show up. But he's stupid. He doesn't know any better. And he's lazy. He doesn't want to go. He's chest feeding on Instagram. Hey, come on, guys. i got to pretend I'm breastfeeding on Instagram. I can't go. Sorry, kids. I know your water supply is contaminated, but I'm pretending I'm a woman. Do you remember Nero fiddled when Rome burnt? Booty judged chest-fed while East Palestine burnt. That's what went on. He's just stupid and lazy. And that's what they cater to, stupid and lazy. And that's what they elect, stupid and lazy. Kamala Harris is a good example. Stupid and lazy. Not because of her gender. I'm not threatened by a proud, strong black woman. I'd love a proud, strong black woman. Kamala hates herself, and she's not strong. She talks in redundant word salad. Okay, but here she is yesterday, again, lazy, stupid, catering to lazy, stupid, meaning I'm just going to make something up, and a lot of the people on my side who just want to hate Republicans be too lazy and too stupid to think critically for themselves, and they'll just run with this as if it's a fact. Okay, so at a time when heating bills in this country – are now so high that, like, people are turning tricks to pay their oil bill. People are turning tricks to go out there and find the money to pay their electric bill.
1: Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible.
2: But do you know what fuel costs are up? Just so, just so we're clear, since these people took office, I mean, we're talking about a staggering, a staggering amount of money. Your home heating bill, okay, if you're like me, is up over $100 a month. Okay, if you're somebody struggling to get by, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, if you're living on a fixed income, you're getting annihilated. Okay, for the average person, their home heating bill is more than $150 a month more expensive than it was under the previous administration. Okay, that's a reality that you feel in your bank. That's a reality that you feel in your pocket. You know it's higher because you're paying more, you understand. But here is Kamala Harris with a straight face telling us that the Biden administration— has been able to reduce heating and electricity bills for families.
4: Kamala is a lying sociopath.
2: Fact-checked. And here is the fact-check. It's clip 19.
3: Every day, Joe Biden and I talk about and work together with our partners, like former leader Hoyer, current leader Hoyer, um, to lower the cost for the people of our nation, because you are a leader, for working families... We have reduced heating and electricity bills. So folks have more money in their pocket to buy things like school supplies, replace the dishwasher, or take a family vacation.
2: I mean, I don't know about you, but we're just swimming in all this extra bread right now, given the reduced energy prices under Joe Biden. (coughs) I mean, just clown stuff. Straight clown stuff. Like you're not going to notice. By the way, gas is going back up. Okay, I'm paying in New York City well, in New York City shouldn't count, because in New York City, like they're literally do you know the scene in vacation where he's like, How much do I owe you? And they're like, How much you got? <laughs> That's buying a gallon of gas in New York City. Literally, five eighty nine a gallon. I was like, dude, five eighty nine. He was like You must have got manure for your brains. <laughs> what does your sheriff think of your business practices? He pulls out the badge. It's vacation. We're paying vacation prices. But even out on Long Island where I grew up, okay, I'm still paying 429 dollars 29 a gallon for gas right now. Okay, dude, I was paying in the high twos when the guy took office. You didn't lower the fuel bills. You didn't lower the home heating bills. But they'll go out and make these claims because this is what happened. Our politics, it's really in a dumb place. And this is where it's incumbent upon the people like you and me who are reasonable, fun-loving people to remain reasonable, fun-loving people. We will recruit more people to the common sense cause, to the party, okay? And what is our party? Our party is America. It's not a Republican Party. It's America, okay? If more people prioritize America, it really wouldn't matter which party they voted for. We'd all wind up kind of pulling in the same direction, and even if our political views were divergent, we'd make sound decisions that were better for all of us. Okay, we're not doing that right now. We are so divided ideologically, we're fighting over such culture war nonsense. You know, all this, you know, all the stuff they're doing with children. Stop bringing little kids to drag shows, you perverts. I mean, that's an issue. You know, but everything else we're fighting for, too. All this energy policy that's actually decimating our energy independence, making the fuel costs higher, uh-huh, empowering dictators around the world who now have more of a market for their oil because America is not creating as much. We're not a net exporter like we used to be. Do you understand the policies right now are harming the country? And it's incumbent upon us to get more people to think about that country because the folks in charge right now just want to be in charge of it. They don't care if it does good. They don't care if it does bad. Mine. It's a toy. My Give me mine. That's all this is. Okay, and that's why they're willing to get out there and say something as ridiculous in the face of the average American person paying one hundred and fifty dollars extra a month for home heating. They're willing to get out there and tell you with a straight face that they're lowering your heating bill. Democrats are so full of crap. But there's a lot of people who vote for them that aren't thinking critically. Oh, that's what that's what we're saying today. Okay, yeah, Biden lowered the heating bills. And you just get out there, oh, Trump caused the, plan- the train crash. Okay, Trump caused the train crash. Just tell them what to say. They'll go say it. I mean, that was the learn from the pandemic. People want to be told what to do. There's not a lot of people out there thinking for themselves. Okay, one of my favorite things in the world you'll ever see somebody do in the media is, like, at least once a day on Twitter, someone will post something like, meanwhile, on Fox News. Okay, Jon Stewart started this over on The Daily Show. John Stewart was such a hack, and The Daily Show was terrible. And it was very popular when I first started doing comedy and driving a cab. So I started to watch it, and I could just see how disingenuous it was. They do a lot of rule of three jokes on The Daily Show. And what a rule of three joke is, here's two examples and an outlier third that kind of contradicts the premise. We do a bit like this on the show. We play great moments in presidential history. It's a rule of three. Okay, you'll hear like, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And then you'll hear Mr. Gorbachev tear down this wall. And then you'll hear Joe Biden say something like, make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night, the, the, the phone. And what they would do over on The Daily Show is a rule of three. They'd show like, you know, the top of the hour on MSNBC would be like, we're in war in Iraq. The top of the hour on CNN, we're at war in Iraq. And then they would cut to, like, a three-minute segment from the middle of the night on Fox News where we were on Red Eye talking about, like, dinosaurs. And they'd be like, meanwhile, on Fox News, dinosaurs? You're talking about dinosaurs? As if we didn't cover the war in Iraq and all the other things going on in the world. But it's a rule of three joke that they would tell relentlessly – to caricature their opponent in the media. People hate Fox News. We're a giant middle finger to the media. We only started in 1996, and we're kicking the hell out of all the legacy media outlets in the ratings. So there's a massive distortion of what we do designed to cater to intellectually lazy people who just want to be told what to think because it makes them feel better about themselves.
1: And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit.
2: Call and speak to Jimmy now. I'm trying to
1: use the phone. 888-788-9910. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Thaylor.
2: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We are live in New York City, moments away from a Shannon Bream visit. Of course, next week, this show goes back on the road, baby. Friday night, March the 3rd, at the Federal Way Performing Arts and Events Center. That is in Federal Way, Washington, just outside of Seattle. Uh, Smell the tent city, make a right. Uh, March 4th, we are at the Crest Theater in Sacramento, California. That is Saturday night, March the 4th. Uh, April the 7th, we are at the Tower Theater in Bend, Oregon. Fancy schmantz. And April the 8th at the Egyptian Theater in Boise, Idaho. And then Friday night, April 21st, Saturday night, April 22nd, I will be at Bananas in Bergen, New Jersey. And when that's over, we will be posting all the dates for the Laughs and Liberty tour that I'm going on with Kennedy. <laughs> We've got 10 dates lined up so far. It's all approved. All the legal stuff is done. There's a fancy graphic coming in a ticket link, and it's going to be wild. Like, I'm really excited. Uh, I'm hosting Kennedy's show tonight, by the way, Uh, 7 o'clock on the Fox Business Network. Diamond Dave Landau making his debut on the show. He's going to be on this show in the next hour, but tonight he makes his TV debut here at Fox, Uh, courtesy of me, by the way, because that's the kind of dude I am trying to help this freaking country. Everybody else is a big, fat, screaming child. Mom, he doesn't vote the way I do. I don't want to be my friend anymore. <laughs> Mom, he doesn't want to get vaccinated.
1: He should be behind bars.
2: Really? Really got to a disgusting place in this country. So I, it's sad because I'm a crazy person. But I am actually the port in the storm of, you know, sanity. Everyone's gone nuts. We're your sane port in the storm. And we shouldn't be. There's no way. I should be qualified to do what I'm doing for a living, but the world is that big of a mess that you can take a 45-year-old man who still plays video games and put him in charge of a nationally syndicated talk show that a few million people listen to. You can go do that. And it, it works out just fine because as it turns out, the folks in the, running the country aren't have any better at anything than people like you and me. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. My goodness gracious. Shannon Bream interviews all of them every Sunday on Fox News Sunday. She is the belle of the cable news ball, and she is going to join us right here when we come back on the big, bad, one and only, high-flying, death-defying Fox Across America. They are playing Van Halen, and not just any Van. This is like Diamond Dave Van Halen. This is like OG Van Halen, pound for pound, probably one of the most iconic rock groups in this country uh, in the 80s, although I think if you pulled any historian, they would tell you that nobody rocks harder than our next guest, the host of Fox News Sunday, Shannon Bream on lead guitar. Here she is. Hello.
5: How are you, Jimmy?
2: Better now. It's been a minute. And you know how I get when I when I haven't heard from the Breams. I, I'm a wreck. I have my puffer. It's a whole to do.
5: I thought maybe you had like a restraining order against me or something.
2: <laughs> well, that's another story. The silence
5: was deafening.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Shannon Bream. I have to tell you. Um, you know, whenever we run into each other at Fox, because we are both, like, in our social lives, like, force multipliers of positive energy.
3: So <laughs> we try.
2: But we are. We're like dogs with jobs. Tails are always wagging. We're always happy to see everybody. Uh, you know, I've been caught with tennis balls in my mouth right here on the floor. Grateful and, uh,
5: and thankful. They, That's very, where you and I come from.
2: No, very much. That is who we, we, who we are. Um, and I only point this out because from t- I've noticed every time we run into each other at Fox, we're so loud and happy. It actually it does throw people off a little bit. It's They're almost a little bit jarred. jarred. Yes. They are. <laughs>
5: <laughs> like we're walking through the halls and they're looking around, like what is the kerfuffle? What's yeah, happening?
2: Yeah, well, you know, may- maybe if you weren't making me give Paul for treats, uh, but what the heck? I like a doggy biscuit as much as the next host. Heck um, yeah, there it is, uh, Shannon Bream. Let's talk. There's so much to get into. Um, you are, of course, the superstar host of Fox News Sunday. You talk to all these DC power players. There has been a little bit, a little bit of a shake up to the race with Nikki Haley getting in. No.
5: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, she has um, some unique characteristics about her. She's really focusing on the age, her background um, as an Indian American, and her parents being immigrants. Like, there's a great story there. But when you push her on policy, how are you different than Trump? You mm-hmm. wouldn't have gotten into the race if you didn't have some differences, or think that you're a better option. She really doesn't want to answer that question. Um, she wants to talk about Joe Biden, but she's going to get, you know, have to go through a pretty nasty primary fight. Mm-hmm. Anybody is to get to, you know, go ahead. To Ahead with him if he indeed runs again.
2: Well, I think that's the issue. Is everybody who's probably running? Okay, if you were talking about a DeSantis, if you were talking about a Tim Scott, they don't want to be hated by Trump's people until they absolutely have to be. Meaning they, right. don't, yeah, they don't want to alienate support yet. So I've noticed uh, exactly what you're speaking to. And the other thing I wanted to say is this is generally the case in just about every primary is that the people getting into these races, regardless of party, are pretty closely aligned on every issue. So it does mm-hmm. almost wind up being a personality contest in the end.
5: Yeah, and you know, Senator Tim Scott, who has been out in Iowa making the rounds, going to some of these very early important places, and by the way, will be our exclusive guest on Fox News Sunday, um, has been pressed, where are your policies different? And he has at least said, I don't think that President Trump and I are different on many policies. I mean, we have a few things here and there, but he's at least answered the question and said, um, you know, the way that I'm coming at this is very much from a faith and family standpoint, and maybe have a different take on some of these issues, but policy-wise, we're going to be pretty similar. Yeah. That.
3: Yeah,
2: that I, I, I could see that as well. Where where uh Tim Scott might get into trouble because he's on this show quite frequently, uh, is he does believe that Rocky Three is the best Rocky. What? And it's controversial. I mean, when you talk I about... I think
5: the voters need to know about that. No,
2: no, I mean it. You there's... know what I
5: mean? <laughs> I think that before they start casting any primary ballots, that's going to be fully vetted.
2: I might be sitting on the most damaging piece of oppo research.
5: <laughs> you got the October surprise right there. <laughs> in your, Tim, in your pile of prep.
2: Tim Scott, wrong for Rocky movies. Wrong for the American <laughs> people. It's coming.
5: <laughs> that might be I all don't feel have. the have. I don't know if it's, still, if it's clicking, but you're definitely going to to
2: disclose that information <laughs> it's coming uh shannon bream is on the line host of fox news sunday a place where you can exclusively see senator Chim scott from south carolina this sunday the other talk is on the other side of the aisle we've got a political piece circulating that says biden's age could become a factor that takes him off the ticket in 2024 now are people writing these articles because they're just filling time because he hasn't announced as quickly as they thought he would
5: Or maybe they didn't know how old he was until recently. They weren't aware of his birth date. I don't know. Um, Listen, I was somehow um, got onto this list of journalists to have lunch with him a couple of weeks ago on the State of the Union. Like they always host all these different media people. I came out of that lunch saying, I'm not sure he's running. It was the first time I would have had any hesitation, just kind of got the feeling that he truly, truly, truly in his heart of hearts has not made the final decision. And I do think that's making some people in the Democrat world nervous. You've Mm -hmm. seen the articles where they're like, listen, now we're going to push him to run because we don't like the idea that Kamala Harris would run, the vice president. They think she would lose to President Trump. This is coming from Democrats. Mm -hmm. So they've got a lot to ponder there. And I do think they're getting a little tired of waiting on him. And maybe it's a little bit of a nudge, these articles.
2: Well, that's what I wanted to add. Ask you is you know there's certainly this feeling within the party that if he wasn't going to run it would be somebody besides Kamala um so have you heard anything back channel about people behind the scenes potentially positioning themselves to run like nobody wants to outwardly say it mm-hmm. but they've mm-hmm. got to be kind of lining up you know a couple of pals if in fact the you know the starter's pistol gets fired and they've got a race to run
5: I think they're all going to have to climb over Gavin Newsom. I think he would be the first one in line. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, of course, it would make sense the vice president would run, but it would definitely not be a coronation for her. You know, there are all these articles that have come out in the last couple of years about her that are, you know, negative, and they're coming from inside. Like, the calls are coming from inside the House, it feels (laughs) like. You know, that whole idea um, that there are people within her own staff or former staff that are talking about her in a way that is not positive. So... You know, I don't think she would have a cakewalk at all, but I do think, you know, there are people like Jared Polis, um, Gavin Newsom, you know, even Governor Pritzker. I mean, there are plenty of people kind of making a little bit of noise like, hey, you know, I'm interested and looking around in case this thing um, turns out that the president doesn't want to run again.
2: Well, you know, one of the names I hear a lot, too, we're talking in the Shannon Bream. Uh, I've heard Mayor Pete's name bandied about uh, mm-hmm. something tells me if he were to run, he wouldn't go on a whistle stop train tour.
5: I think you're accurate on that. And listen, he was there today and I guess mm-hmm. his expressed some regret like that maybe, you know, they could have handled this differently or he could have gotten there sooner to be more reassuring and show the residents that they care and they're aware and they're going to show up. Um, but this seems like one of those potentially missed opportunities, not that anybody wants a crisis, yep. but who was it? Rahm Emanuel that said, like, never let a crisis go to waste. And if you're toying with the idea of making a run or being at least available to run for the presidency and you're a cabinet official, it, it would seem that you'd want to capitalize on um, anything that would show your leadership or your ability to step in decisively. I mean, uh, to be I think uh, brutally honest, I think that the Biden administration, and listen, the EPA director and others have been there, but I think the bigger names kind of left this window open for former President Trump to show up. Yeah. I mean, they... That was a miscalculation, I think, on their part.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, optics-wise. And then if we mm-hmm. were just to reduce this to my intellectual level, okay, East Ohio. Road thank, <laughs> but road, R-O-A-D, because I was a taxi driver.
5: <laughs> it however you like.
2: <laughs> He's a road scholar. Not roads, uh, road. Uh, but just go to East Ohio. There's such good food. There's such good chain food over there. They've got Penn Station subs. They've got Culver's. Shannon Bream. you don't get that stuff in D.C.,
5: Oh, I've been to Culver's. Thank They've you. They got a mean ice cream Sunday selection. Yes, they do. For like that <laughs> you, alone,
2: you know, a butter burger and ice cream Sunday. Oh, I mean, heck yeah, yeah. Never let a good crisis go to lunch. You know what I mean? You get on the road, you go. I agree with you. Uh, one other yeah. thing that I think the American people are clamoring for. Uh, before I let you go, you have a new book out, Shannon Bream.
5: I do. It's coming not it? here yet.
2: But, but given him. In right. my heart, it's but always I released. Can get you an,
5: I can get you an early copy. Um, Love Stories of the Bible Speak is coming out. It's our trilogy after Women of the Bible and Mothers and Daughters of the Bible. We let dudes in this time. Get and out. some of them, it's a really good thing, and some of these romances are really a disaster, sort of like Samson and Delilah. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, that's kind of what everybody's looking for. Like everybody wants to feel loved and accepted, and find kind of their people and their place. And there are deep friendships in the book too. And, and ultimately, it's about how God's love is all encompassing, and does um, no matter what you do, it really doesn't. He still loves you.
2: And you know, you that's know, comforting what, to me. No, it is, and I think to a lot of people, it's reassuring. And and I think that what I love about these stories is you can see that the parallels have always been there between, like, modern romance and old romance. Like, you know how couples make it, like, Instagram official now?
5: Oh, yeah. Like, That's the thing, right? Yeah, 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 Kids these days.
2: Yeah. Well, like back then, they, the, the Instagram was like the cave wall. They would make it cave official. You'd get like an etching on the wall or maybe. <laughs> they go
5: out, Right. Or yeah. they go out to like the elders of the town at mm-hmm. the city gate and be like, here's my sandal. I pledge my love to, you know, so-and-so. <laughs> and now it's official. The sandal has been exchanged.
2: <laughs> there it is. You know, or, you know, maybe in our era, they would spray paint on on an overpass. Did anyone uh, prior to the great Sheldon Bream coming along, uh, did anyone ever spray paint your your name on an overpass
5: no one loved me that much Jimmy. no Shit. one
2: unbelievable believe
5: it believe it i think that i had um a t-shirt made like one of those when you go to the beach because i grew up going to the beach being in yep. florida and you could be like in daytona or whatever and you can get like a spray painted shirt where they do a design on there with, like your name's intertwined yes. you know it's all in neon it's very 1980s
2: i remember that i got a girl okay since we're gonna do i got a girl in sixth grade i got a double sixth heart grade? ring
5: Grade, you're starting young well
2: it was just it was friendly but we'd roller skate together but the point is, oh, I, love
5: roller I just don't
2: want you to think you're the only one who's got swag here. The show, it is <laughs> Fox better. News Sunday. The host is the great Shannon Bream. We miss you already.
5: I'll see you again soon, my friend. You
2: better. Rock and roll. There she goes. There we go. Back after this.
1: It's America's number one radio lunch date. Get your hands out of my fries. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I own damn fries.
2: It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Big TV night for your radio buddy. If you're watching the Fallon vision I'll be hosting Kennedy at 7 p.m. on the Fox Business Network. And then at 9, I am hanging out with Sean Hannity on the Sean Hannity Show I was on last night. We'll post a clip of it on the Fox Across America Facebook page here shortly. Uh, one of the things we talked about last night is this hot story in Washington that Joe Biden is not running in 2024 okay and i gotta be honest with you he's not running in 2024 come on man there's now listen he's i can't walk you tell me he's gonna run the guy's a mess man and you know i don't i don't wish him any ill will the guy fell going up the stairs again yesterday and of all the days to do it on the day he gives this rousing speech about like we're not scared of you putin the united states of america You better not mess with me or I'll fall and break my collarbone on the way up the stairs. Is what We have a president
3: that is clearly not all there.
2: Remember who I am if you're listening for the first time. People listen every day know this about me. I don't care. Like, I don't wish Joe Biden ill will. I'm not doing the I want you to hate the Democrats radio hour. Don't, like, pre-qualify what I'm saying because you're listening to some Fox News show for the first time. I, I root for the country so hard, man. OK, my background in life is a cab driver. OK, I went to community college, barely showed up for class. I need a thriving America for me to have any chance whatsoever. OK, I don't want Biden to be in the shape that he's in. But the truth is, you know, you hear a lot of people say, oh, this is elder abuse making him do this job. It, it's elder abuse. OK, the guy does not have the faculties to do the gig. You know, you've watched all the situations where, you know, the as I told you, the State of the Union he literally says the words, "We have to choose between unity and shmagadahaminahamina," and he yells that. And you're like, "Wait, well, what is? I mean, uh, unity is good, but what is shmagadahaminahamina? What does it entail? Because what if it's something good? What if we should just let unity go? Because this other option's fantastic. I mean, you know, but we're pretending these things don't happen, but they happen five times a speech. Okay, where he doesn't know what state he's in or he doesn't know who he's talking to. And again, that's going to happen to all of us. It happens to me some days. But what I'm saying is he shouldn't be in a position that he is physically incapable of doing. Okay, if you spend as much time as I have driving a cab or some of you just might be party people. Party people! Remember that? Woomp, there it is. That's how the song starts. Okay, if you've been around people who are on drugs... If you've been around people that are stoned, if you've been around people that are on cocaine, my background is driving a taxi and working in the entertainment industry. I know, I know what people who are on drugs look like. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Well, but just remember that, Lincoln. Okay, understand that when they shoot up Joe Biden from time to time, it's very obvious to people who've been around drugs. You know, the average person, oh, he's peppy tonight. Let's give him a little caffeine. (laughs) No. When you shoot up somebody who has major cognitive issues, they become more pronounced. Biden randomly yells. Biden randomly whispers. Oftentimes, the emotion doesn't match the moment. Have you ever seen like an 80-year-old woman get fake boobs and Botoxed lips?
4: Hubba hubba.
2: It's not hubba hubba though because the rest of her still looks 80. And it's jarring. You actually highlight what's what's aged rather than what's new. Do you understand? And that's the issue with Biden. When they shoot him up on drugs to hide how old and out of it he is after 5 p.m. when he sundowns, you wind up highlighting what's wrong instead of what's right. Meaning they think, oh, energy. Our problem isn't that he doesn't have a lot of energy. We're tired. A lot of us are tired. I'm tired. Come on, man. Okay, the problem is he's often inventing words. Joe Biden is the only guy you know that makes a sign language interpreter shrug. I don't don't have a sign for that. What do you want? I don't know. (laughs) I don't don't know what to tell you, man. You're on your own. Okay, that's the the sign he makes. (laughs) He's just like, you're on your own. I'll be right back. Holds up one finger. I mean, he does. And we pretend this is okay. It's not okay. He's not running. Okay, I actually bet a Fox News TV host on the air. The guy owes me 500 bucks because he bet that Biden was running. I bet that the guy, I bet that Biden wasn't running. Guy bet me 500 bucks on the air. I'm not going to name names and embarrass him. Uh, His name, it rhymes with Sean Hannity. But uh, the point is, I told Hannity, and uh, to be be clear, okay, the superior intellect in this conversation is Sean Hannity. It's not me, (laughs) okay? But I have been watching him and watching him and watching him, and I was like, he doesn't want to do this. I think Sean's position, and obviously he'd speak for himself, him being the bigger name, bigger intellect and everything else, uh, is that, you know, people don't want to let go of the presidency. And they don't. It's unprecedented that someone wouldn't run for a second term. The last time it happened was Lyndon B. Johnson all the way back in 1968. So you understand why everyone would bet on him running again. And as much as guys like me and Gutfeld, who are the comedians on this channel, make fun of Biden for being old. Most serious analysts have believed that he was going to run again just because of how powerful power happens to be. And nobody wants to relinquish it if they have it. And so everybody thought, no, he'd run no matter what, coupled with the fact that the alternative, if he doesn't run, is Kamala Harris. Kamala's
4: awful with her weird laugh. (laughs) Ha ha!
2: Well, as Shannon Breen was just saying on the show, she got to go to lunch with the president. Before the State of the Union, Biden had lunch with a key group of reporters at the White House. I don't remember that ever happening. I don't doubt it, but it did. And she said she came away from that believing in his heart of hearts. He doesn't actually know if he's running again. And I honestly, I don't think he does either. The guy's a mess. Like there's videos from the trip to Poland yesterday where they're taking a photo and he's being shown around. Then he gets asked a question about Putin pulling out of the nuke deal, and he goes, I don't have time. And then he goes, it's a bad idea. He says, I can't answer the question. Then he answers the question. He can't make up his mind. It's a mess. They don't want him speaking for himself. His media appearances are so carefully coordinated, he's actually not going to run again. Like, I would bet you almost anything he's not going to run again. And I think the reality is if he does, any Republican who runs against him will wind up beating him because the guy's just a mess. But I want you to understand, if you're listening to me for the first time, that doesn't mean he's a mess. I hate him. That doesn't mean he's a mess. I have no empathy for him or his well-being. That just means he sucks. (laughs) It just means as a country, we deserve better. He doesn't deserve worse. Let him go live off in retirement and live off all that side money he made through Hunter and go enjoy all those houses in Delaware. And you can continue to lecture us about reducing our carbon footprint. I don't care about the hypocrisy. I don't care about the fraud. But I do care about the country. So we'll be back to defend it with Diamond Dave Landau in the next hour we're
1: not going to sit here and
2: listen to you bad mouth the united states of america
1: live from everywhere usa it's fox across america with jimmy phaylor
2: oh you bet it is we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world broadcasting, as we always do, from the tippy-top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Big hour of Fox Across America coming up. Diamond Dave Landau coming by. <laughs> I'm excited, too. He's making his debut tonight on the Fox Business Network. I'm going to be guest hosting Kennedy, and Diamond Dave will be on my party panel, along with Mike Baker and Jessica Tarloff. No! God! You stop it. We, we talk across the aisle on this show. Ah, uh, We talk on any side, 888-788-9910. Today is a really surreal day for me. You know sometimes like something happens, you hear a song and it takes you back to like 1991 or something or, you know, you see a thing on TV and it puts you in some other moment in your life that you can really connect with. Well, I can tell you one of the funniest things happened to me today. I got out of bed and I get – you get Google alerts if you host a show, if you're somewhat of a, uh, you know, active in the media – you can sign up for Google Alerts, and Google will actually send you every morning all the things that covered you in the press. This outlet said that, that outlet said this. Okay, this website posted your video, this website said it sucked. Okay. Well, there was a moment so funny. It's all the way back in 2007, sitting in a taxi, and I was listening to Rush Limbaugh. And Rush Limbaugh was talking about how Media Matters, the website. He'd call them all the drive-bys. Oh, hey, you know the drive-bys. Really funny. And, I mean, God rest the soul of the late, great Rush Limbaugh, a man who truly did have talent on loan from God. And, of course, I can't compete with that. No talent on loan from God. I know a guy named Jesus who sells stolen flat-screen TVs in the Bronx. That's, that's as close as I can come to Rush Limbaugh talent. But I remember sitting in a taxi And listening to the late, great Rush Limbaugh explain how Media Matters was running a piece on him that was wildly distorting what he said. And so he's, you know, pointed out, here's what I said yesterday. Here's what they're claiming I said. Here's how these debates actually take place. The liberal media establishes a false premise, a bastardized interpretation of what the conservative says. And then we have a debate where the conservative is being asked to defend a position he himself never took, and the liberal is carrying on as if he did. When you're right, you're right, and you're right. Well, technically, in this instance, Russia's right, because he was the one who kind of spoke to this. But this morning, I woke up to a Media Matters article that was then picked up by places like Media Eyed and The Independent over in the UK and everything else. And it was about how myself and Harris Faulkner were reportedly infuriated because Lego had added some special needs characters. That is offensive, and it is not true. Not even kind of remotely close to true. The hit was about, yes, Legos, in an effort to be more inclusive, is now including a Lego with Down syndrome, uh, a Lego missing a limb, a Lego with social anxiety disorder, All things that are fine and wonderful. It's not that these kids shouldn't feel represented. But the point being is I told jokes about what went on. I said, you know what's interesting about this story? I said, is it really illustrates the divide in this country? Conservatives think, well, we're injecting identity politics into Legos. That's no fun. And liberals are upset because the new children's toy doesn't come with a drag queen stripper. And then I went on to explain to Harris in jest that the whole point of Legos is not identity politics. It's to figure out if you have a smart kid or a dumb kid. If you give your kid a set of Legos and he starts building stuff, all right. Okay, but if the kid's one of those that starts chewing on the Legos, this could be a problem. And I said that's essentially the point. But people are forcing identity politics onto children because they think if they grow up in a world where identity is everything— that'll allow for a built-in political orientation. There's only one side of this country that prioritizes your value to society based solely on the color of your skin, based solely on characteristics you yourself don't control. The people on the left want you to define yourself by that.
3: They're crazy.
2: They're crazy, they're stupid, they're whatever you want to call them. But it was so surreal to get out of bed today and wake up and be in the position I had heard Rush speak to all the way back in 2007 when I was sitting in a taxi, and realized that you and I have now propelled this show to a place of relevance where people are actually like coming after things I say, like me, like chubby little me, like people see me. No one should be threatened by me. The only person who should be threatened by me is me. Have you ever seen me eat?
3: That boy is a pig. Pig. <laughs>
2: No one, no one should be threatened by me unless you're like a unless you own a Chinese buffet. You should not be threatened by me. okay? but the point is, I see this going on. But I also see now in a broader scope of what Rush was trying to tell us 15, 16 years ago, which is that what politics have become in this day and age is a debate over some false pretense The Democrats have introduced into the record. Here's a good example. I'll give you two quick ones, okay? Ron DeSantis passed a law called the Parental Rights and Education Act. It was a six-page bill, and it specifically forbid any school curriculum that discussed sex, sex ed, sexual orientation, meaning gender ideology, to kids between the ages of kindergarten and third grade. It didn't ban specific types of sexual discussion. It banned all types of sexual discussion that's true that is true meaning he wasn't trying to target a specific group he never said the words gay but the media and the democratic party went right out and said what oh it's the don't say gay bill journalism in this country is dead and buried and so began a debate over well should desantis be banning gay people I don't know if this is right, this DeSantis guy. I know he says he wants to run again, but do we really want a guy in there who is banning gay people? The media is a bunch of losers. No, no, they'll throw you in jail. They'll throw you in jail if you're gay in Florida. Hello? If they were imprisoning people for being gay in Florida, do you know what kind of an overpopulation problem they'd have in their prisons based on Key West alone? Don't even get me started on South Beach. Both fabulous places filled with fabulous people. Millions of them are who are gay who are having a fabulous time. God love them. Okay, but the point is the media starts this debate under a false pretense. That's how they control the identity war. Well, look at what this monster said. Jimmy Fallon is infuriated that Legos have a character with Down syndrome. Yo, the only time I am infuriated when it comes to Legos is when I'm walking through the house in the dark and I step on one. Yes, I'm infuriated. Lincoln, put your f- Legos away. Dow my foot. I'm fine, Jenny. I said I'm fine. Okay, it's the only time. Okay, nobody cares. Introduce whatever you want. But the reason they're forcing identity politics onto kids is because they want them to value their identity above all else. We're beyond a meritocracy now in the democratic worldview. It's victorhood or victimhood. Victorhood in the Republican Party. With the greatest country in the world, you can be anything you want. In the Democratic Party, it's victimhood. Everybody's out to get you. The white man going to get you. Come on. You can't do this yourself. Yes, we can. Shut up, Obama. It's a different world now. Check your half-white privilege. Seriously. It's crazy. But you understand this is how this works. The media distorts someone's words on the right so they can then win some type of moral superiority battle. Listen, you would win a moral superiority battle if Ron DeSantis wanted to ban gay people. You would win a moral superiority battle if I was mad that Legos had a kid with Down syndrome. Do You know, I spent most of my teen years volunteering and helping kids with Down syndrome. Jenny spent most of her adult life teaching developmentally disabled children. But that's still how they frame the article because that's how they try to win the public debate. Let's just debate a false pretense. Which brings me to Andrea Mitchell and those hacks over at MSNBC. So, if you remember, okay, MSNBC and other outlets in the media, okay, one of whom was the fine folks over at, you know, a little out of the way place called CNN.
3: CNN is the worst. Well,
2: CNN, MSNBC, they've advanced this narrative that Ron DeSantis was banning. The teaching of slavery. No, no, not in Florida. He's banning the teaching of slavery. Can't talk about it. Can't talk about slavery, Jim Crow, civil rights. DeSantis is banning it. And what was the truth? They were banning a Trojan horse curriculum called AP African Studies that was not focused on slavery or Jim Crow or civil rights, but on queer theory and gender intersectionality which is their agenda. They were banning a a Trojan horse bill that wasn't going to focus on any of that. It was going to focus on other things. They gave it the name of AP African Studies simply so they could distort the debate and go, yeah, look at the DeSantis. Can't even, you got to pretend slavery didn't happen now. And they ran with that. Okay, Joy Reid talked about it. Andrea Mitchell asked Kamala Harris about it on the air last week. Here it is, clip
3: 23. What does Governor Ron DeSantis not know about black history and the black experience when he says that slavery and the aftermath of slavery should not be taught to Florida school children? I don't know what he knows and what he doesn't know, but I know this. Any push to censor America's teachers and tell them what they should be teaching in the best interest of our children, in in partnership with the parents of America, is, I think, um, wrong-headed. The people who know our children best are their parents and their teachers in terms of the time they spend and the investment they've placed and the brains and capacity of our children who are our nation's future. And it should not be some politician saying what should be taught in our classrooms. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind.
2: So now, as you'd imagine, okay, they've established a point of debate. That's your vice president. That's MSNBC saying DeSantis wants to ban the acknowledgement of slavery in this country. Can't teach it to kids. That's the plan. And now Kamala takes that false pretense and runs with it. We got to save this country. They're banning the history. They're so racist down in Florida. Well, there's a funny resolution to this story. Okay, media outlets like CNN, MSNBC have been reaching out to the DeSantis team because they want interviews. Guys running for president in 2024, that's pretty much the scuttlebutt everywhere on earth right now. He's the most popular governor in America. They want access to him. So earlier this week, Christina Pushau, uh, who runs his press team, actually sent a note to the media that we won't be wasting our time with any NBC-affiliated outlet until Andrea Mitchell apologizes for lying about the ban on slavery. Okay, what happened yesterday? Andrea Mitchell forced to sort of apologize. (laughs) Here it is, and I'm going to play it for you. Because she's still lying. She's still trying to distort the debate point. Okay, but they quietly caved on this. And this is where DeSantis has value for real, is in a very disciplined fashion, they stop the media from getting away with their lie. This is a a distinction between DeSantis and Trump, and I'm not saying – I'm not criticizing Trump here. Okay, I'm not. Trump's superpower was his media omnipotence. He was all over the TV. He was all over Twitter. He was everywhere at once. So somebody told a lie about Trump. He'd say, you were fake news. You're not a real reporter. You're a dirtbag. You suck. Where'd you get your license? But then he'd keep going on their show, which never forced the world to stop and acknowledge the lie. He called Russia a witch hunt every day for eight years, you know, four years. Said it was fake news. Okay, he was telling the truth. He was right. But because he continued to go on these shows, he never brought their news cycle to a standstill and stuck their nose in it a little bit. Okay, DeSantis stuck their nose in it yesterday. said, no, we're not going to get in there. You just can't lie lie about us and we're just going to come on because we need relevance. We'll go around you to get our message out. So here is Andrea Mitchell's half apology yesterday at the end of her show, clip 24.
3: In my interview last Friday with Vice President Harris, I was imprecise in summarizing Governor DeSantis's position about teaching slavery in schools. Governor DeSantis is not opposed to teaching the fact of slavery in schools, but he has opposed the teaching of an African-American studies curriculum as well as the use of some authors and source materials that historians and teachers say makes it all but impossible for students to understand the broader historic and political context behind slavery and its aftermath in the years since.
2: That was embarrassing. And the main reason it was embarrassing is she's still trying to hold on to this myth That DeSantis was taking a stand against African studies when, in fact, he was taking a stand against exactly what he says in clip 25.
4: In terms of issues involving uh, American history, uh, it's very clear in Florida standards that we are required to teach all aspects of black history, not queer theory, but actual aspects of black history, including MSNBC, slavery and its aftermath and including and required also uh, to teach uh, about the discrimination. So that is in in the law. And so when they're trying to say they have to take a Roberto Clemente book or something like that, they are lying to you.
2: Listen. (laughs) They're straight up lying. But as Rush told us all the way back when, they tell that lie because that winds up shaping the debate. Well now we stand here for the first time ever. Russia's gone, but you got some other chubby dirtbag trying to replace him over here on the radio, and you got a guy down in Florida that's making the media eat its own words. <laughs> <laughs>
1: common sense from a not so sensible man it's the compassion it's the it's the dignity it's the wisdom it's the it's the horse sense of the guy that gets you you're listening to Fox across America with Jimmy Fallon
2: Hey, 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 it's Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. If you are listening on KKFT out in Reno, if you're listening on KSUE up in Susanville, probably a little more of a commute for you than the Reno folks. Uh, but I am going to be in Sacramento at the Crest Theater next Saturday night, March the 4th. And I have been told there are still a few seats left. So if you were in Reno and you came to see me in the Link Man and you couldn't get a ticket because we sold out all three shows, I don't know, maybe throw a couple of gallons in the car. Plug in the electric car if you're from California and uh, maybe roll down the sack town and see a radio buddy Jimmy Fallon next Saturday night, March the 4th. We were at the Crest Theater and you're actually going to see a uh, pretty happening Fox News personality there as well uh, who's just coming as a fan to heckle me. Uh, I will not name names, uh, but she became prominent here on the channel. During the Michael Jackson trial. Do you remember when he got in trouble back in the 90s? It's totally false. Well, whatever. Uh, There's a whole documentary saying it's not false.
3: It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Perhaps.
2: But the point being is I will be in Sacramento. And I'd love to hang with you guys afterwards. I'm probably going to be roughed up because we're in Seattle the night before. Doing comedy in a tent city for all intents and purposes. We need backup is the point. And it's coming in in the next break. Diamond Dave Landau who makes his Fox Business debut tonight on Kennedy, will be joining me here to prepare. I'm like the gymnast, you know, the guy in the track suit that makes the little girl miss all her birthday parties and all the holidays so she can do a toe touch and a somersault and everything else. We're going to go over Diamond Dave's floor routine when we come back right here on the Big Bad One and Only Fox Across America. We really are going into school dance mode now. I had promised you gymnastics. Like, I thought it was school gym, but apparently it's, it's seventh grade dance right now. And joining me now is a man who's dressed for it. Yes. I was wearing—I was actually wearing not an Adidas, a champion sweatshirt, but the fact remains Diamond Dave Landau is in studio. Hey, girl.
4: Oh, hey, baby. How are you? I'm wearing the Timberland colored boots, too. So wow,
2: you really are.
4: Yeah, I never gave up on the 90s. <laughs> I had one good decade, and I'm hanging on to it.
2: Do you know what they talk about? This is interesting that you say that. A lot of men – so anyone out there who judges their dad's fashion should know this. Yes. Men dress to the last date they were cool. Okay. Meaning the last time you were cool – how old are you? I'm 40. Yeah. So in the 90s, the last time you were actually cool, meaning you could be cool because you're a comedian with a huge following. I'm on the media. We're both on the radio. I'm not, thank you. No, but I'm saying to the people of the age that are cool. Yes. Like – 18 to 25 that whenever you dressed to the last time you were actually societally cool people walking down the street look at us and think we're a hundred yes do you remember what you looked at as a 40 year old like when you were 19 yeah like they were your grandpa and they were the lamest people on <laughs>
4: earth
2: <laughs> like a 35 year old you're like wow i met the cast of cocoon yeah they this did amazing <laughs>
3: It's
4: true. Yeah, the, the, the weirdest thing, too, is if, uh, like, a mom would smoke pot with you or a dad, you're like, this is the worst person on earth. <laughs> I mean, I still feel that way being 40, but I now get it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> do you, do you remember, as a, remember as a kid and you walk into a backyard party and if they were smoking weed, you're like, all right, it's a party. But if they were smoking crack, you're like, we got to go. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Except you didn't go. Yeah. No. <laughs> you were like, actually. Sadly, I stayed. <laughs> like Actually, I don't have any gas money. I'll yeah. walk. <laughs> Sadly, you guys I- go ahead without <laughs> me. Sadly, I walked into a Coke party and hung on for a while. A while. But is this not inspirational? I, I tell the story of me and Diamond Dave a lot. It's, it's something that's been on my mind for a while. Dana Perino was on the show a few weeks ago, and she was talking about how when George W. Bush, her old boss, yes. would give a commencement speech at a college, he would always do this funny thing where he'd go, uh, you know, like to extend a welcome to our honor students, our awards program members. Congratulations on a job well done. And to the C&D students, you too could be president. <laughs> you know, talking about himself. We are, in our own little way— the We've built our own little George W. Bush empires in the media, and everyone listening should know that. You don't need a scholarship. No, I'm far more successful
4: than a lot of people that were supposed to go on to do great things. Oh, absolutely. Many of them just died in
2: college from alcohol poisoning because they didn't have <laughs> enough practice. <laughs> you see, the point is you're supposed to get the reps in young like we did. Exactly. You level out. You get your life under control. Yep. That's the point. Dave Landau is uh, in studio. That's my advice. Drink if you're young. We're writing a really good self help book that would never get published. (laughs) (laughs) unpublishable. This is the cocaine bear of self help books. Unless they're on the substance you're pushing, you're not getting the script green lit. Uh, Are you planning to see Cocaine Bear when it comes out? Yes, of course. Oh, I'm
4: excited. Why wouldn't I? And I remember watching the trailer with my son, and (laughs) he's seven, and he's like, he, he doesn't know what cocaine is, obviously, but he's like, can we see that? And I was like, uh. Yeah. <laughs> I think we can. Actually, we're supposed to. Because hey, he's like, what is that? I go, oh, it's this vitamin they used to take in the 80s that gave you a lot of energy. And he's like, okay.
2: <laughs> I'm like, great. If you believe that, you can watch a bear eat people, I guess. <laughs> You're not going to care. It's going to be great. Uh, well, kids programming also taking center stage. I was the victim today. Uh, this happened to me a few times since I started here at Fox. You know, there are people watching Fox that just get other people mad at Fox. Yes. So yesterday, Harris Faulkner and I did a hit on her show where we were talking about how Legos has introduced all of these other characters in the name of identity. Go so ahead. they have a Down Syndrome Lego, an Anxiety Disorder Lego. Sure what? I know. A down, there's a Down Syndrome Lego. There's a Limbless Lego, which, by the way, there was always a Limbless Lego. Yeah, you made it yourself.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
4: or or uh, what did they do? They're like, we need to be inclusive and save money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One less part we need to make. Yeah, it's, oh, it's perfect.
2: This guy stepped on a mine. Oh, that's He's awesome. PT. DSD Lego. Look, kids, here he is. Okay, so (laughs) Harris and I, in bringing this up, you know, her initial take was, well, it does seem like they're forcing identity politics into Legos, but she's Harris Faulkner. She's not mad. She's not angry. It's not, oh, hell no. And then, of course, I just joked about it, and I said the whole point of Legos was to figure out if your kid was dumb or not. Of course. If he's smart, he builds something. If he's dumb, he eats them. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
4: <laughs> well, and if a kid with Down syndrome is playing with Legos, do you think maybe he doesn't want to be reminded about it for maybe an hour? Yeah, maybe he just wants to go be a, someone playing with Legos. Yeah, that so could that be was nice. the point.
2: But there was a media distortion campaign waged today by like big sites like you know, the Media Matters, the Independent, you know, the UK, saying Fox News host infuriated by Down syndrome Lego, which <laughs> I never even spoke to on the air. But I think what's going on, and I've been having this conversation for now. Is What politics have become now Mm -hmm. is one side introduces, in this instance, the left, a fraudulent interpretation of what the other side is doing, and then we debate the fraud. So here's an example. The don't-say-gay bill in Florida, as we know, doesn't ban gay people. No. If gay people were banned in Florida, they'd have to saw off Key West – and, and just let it float away. Good chunk of Miami. Yellow, a lot of Mo- Fort Lauderdale. <laughs>
4: <laughs> there really wouldn't be – there'd just be the panhandle. I mean, you know, for a guy who knows
2: nothing about grinder, <laughs> you, you seem to know all the hotspots. Well, I'm just saying, you know, I, I have the app just to know where I'm safe. <laughs> <laughs> the rent don't pay itself, kids. Stay in school. Uh, but the point is they misrepresent the position – because then they win the moral, superior argument, moral superiority argument, which is like, hey, we're better than the guy who wants to be ban gay people. We're better than that fat Fox News guy who doesn't like Down syndrome, kids. Right. And that's what they make the argument. But how do you make – okay, honestly, how do you
4: make a Down syndrome Lego that's not offensive? I don't know. I'm not even like, – like seriously, as somebody who has people in my family Me too. With, yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? That's, is it melty? I mean, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm I know serious. You're not. Like, what do you do? The fact do? that you're even
2: – how do you make it where it's not offensive? Because, you know, you think about this. How much trouble do they get into for trying to represent anyone of color or anyone that's Native American? That's like, what I mean. Yeah, it's, you're, you're back in the same position. So the point is that they're, what they're doing is offensive. Right. You know, because what they're trying to say is they're trying to remind them that they're different.
4: Like we're, you can't stand it up, and you're like, "What's this? Oh, it's the spine of of Lego." It's, I mean, there's no yes, way for it. Why? That,
2: that's what's going on. Look, I'll give you an example where Jenny worked. Okay, it's just weird. She, Jenny worked at a school for kids with disabilities where okay. every single kid had a disability, and the superpower of the school is the kids felt normal because they were surrounded by everyone else with a disability. They weren't made to feel well like you're part of some outlier class of people. Sure. What Legos is doing is they're actually individualizing these kids. Oh, you don't have a limb. You're different. You know, you have to, right. you're different. They're actually not making them feel accepted. They're f- making them feel like less than normal is what I think. Well, it was like, I think it's the reverse effect.
4: Yeah, it was like the limb different uh, witches thing. When that came out and everybody was mad because her hand looked like that because she yeah, yeah. didn't have two fingers in the middle. Uh-huh. And they're like, can you believe that? It's like, why? Because somebody played with a firecracker 20 years ago? Do you think <laughs> they're you really offended those, by that?
2: Did you get those brochures like, when you were a kid? Oh yeah, <laughs> it was like the last week of school. They'd give you this pamphlet, but it was the eighties. Yes, and it was like we had eighties fireworks pack. Uh, you know, packets the way they have cigarette warnings in Europe. You know, well, in Europe they show you like half a lung. Yes, yeah, on the back of the pack oh, it's of cigarettes. The most
4: disgusting. Yeah, you're yeah. Just like, give me a pack of the uh, tumors or the
2: <laughs> give me. <that." laughs>
4: So bad. Give mean, a pack of the fetus. If you've I never mean, it's unbelievable. bought
2: a tobacco product overseas, like I'm not even, I'm not even. Oh, kidding. it's horrific. Yeah, somebody... I lived on
4: the border of Windsor, so yeah. and they're actually they're flat boxes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So the tumor, the lung, uh, the black lung is way bigger yeah. than anything else. It's crazy. <laughs> I'll have the Babe Ruth without
2: a lower jaw. Yeah, let me that. <laughs> I'll have the photo of Babe Ruth with no lower jaw from pipe yeah. tobacco,
4: please. Give me Ty Cobb's last day. <laughs> it's really graphic, but anyway. <laughs> Also, what does a Lego, <laughs> just on a side note, have to be anxious about? It's alcohol problem? They're yellow. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's hepatitis test? <laughs> That's the only
2: disease it could legitimately have. I can't. And this is, this is my frustration, man. <laughs> it's like, so your point, how do you represent a social anxiety Lego? How? What do you do? Does it shake? Does it come with a support pet?
4: I I have anxiety. Uh-huh. So it's like it's why I was an alcoholic. <laughs>
2: this pa- panic attack, Lego. <laughs> but the point is it's really weird because they're othering these people. <laughs> we should be letting them feel accepted, but we're actually ostracizing them by doing this. That's what I think is so frustrating. You could
4: have the pack of cigarettes for dad didn't come back, Lego. <laughs> <laughs> that's so fu- that's so funny. Oh man. Single mother leg. Like, why so many things yeah. though? You're right though. Other people want to be offended for a class though. Yeah. Where it's like all you had to do was let people play with Legos. Nobody needs to identify with their toy. Yeah. Like, you have He Man right mm-hmm. there. I looked at that when I was a little kid and I thought I was like He-Man. I look at that now and realize I was way off. But when you're a kid, you have an imagination. That's what that was for. Like, you don't have to play.
2: It doesn't have to be you. The superhero doesn't have to be you. You have to aspire to be a superhero. That's the
4: point. Like, they don't have to break it down and go, this is for you. And you're like, oh, I feel better now because playing with a toy that wasn't exactly like me didn't make sense.
2: Uh, Yeah, I wasn't enjoying it.
4: Yeah, I wasn't enjoying playing with a version of me. If that, I'd just get a real doll of myself. Dave Landau
2: is in studio. We're having a grown-up talk. Sorry. No, we're it's... canceled, by the way, because it's actually He-Man is now called They-Them. Oh, They-Them, man. You can't, can't be they They-Them-Shim. Could you imagine p- pitching a He-Man? <laughs>
3: Just get a
2: double-gendered pronoun in a pitch meeting? You're like, I. what about She-Ra? They're like, we're having you arrested. <laughs> <laughs> You're out of here. It can't go on. Well, we talk about identity because it also plays a role. How about that segue? In the administration. I like that. Mayor Pete, who you love. I uh, do. Off to East Palestine, Ohio today. Uh, only three weeks after the disaster. That seems timely.
4: Yeah, I think, well, you know, from, I, from what I understand, he heard that it was very dangerous, so he wanted to wait.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, no one ever talks about those heroic politicians who shut up to ground zero on October 5th. Right. Of 2001. (laughs) Everybody talks about the guys that got there that day or the next day. What about the real heroes?
4: Yeah, it's not really about D-Day. It's the people that went fishing
2: a couple months later. (laughs) Yeah, Pete uh, Booty Judge's people stormed the beach on K-Day. Yes. D-Day was like weeks earlier. (laughs) There were a couple letters in the alphabet behind. Yeah, but still
4: heroic nonetheless. We're not showing up for the photo op is what he said. I I just think he's worried there might be more derailments. Have you ever (laughs) seen somebody so bad at their job? It's so funny. Every 10 minutes, it's like, well, there's another one. And uh-huh. here's, here's the thing that's crazy. You don't get a new guy. Yeah. You're like, let's just give him five more chances. It's Well, that's the
2: part that's crazy to me is that they – you see, within a Biden administration, there's this thing going on now in politics. I don't even know that it's unique to Democrats, but nobody wants to admit fault for anything. Because in the news cycle, you give the other side like 48 hours of being better than you. Yes. So they try to tell you the thing they did wrong is actually right. And if anyone thinks it's wrong, it's because of the other party. Like what they're doing with this train thing now, and the report was just released. It was not Trump's fault. It didn't happen because Trump changed a rule. But three weeks into this, when they started to have to, fo- when they were forced to have to acknowledge this was going on, they're like, all right, well, how do we get out of it? And they went and found some rule that Trump changed uh, a day after he got into office. But the point being is if they thought that rule change was egregious, they've been in office two and a half years. They could have changed it back.
4: And Obama could have changed it too, which they talked about how he didn't find it necessary to change it any farther.
2: No, and that's the point. So there's this effort to avoid accountability in the media now that makes them either say, A, it's Trump's fault, or B, it wasn't a problem. And if they fire Pete Booty Judge then they're acknowledging that it was a problem under their watch. So he goes out and it's, it's actually dumb of Biden because you should say the people beneath you get things wrong from time to time because you holding them accountable means you care and, hey, we got this wrong, we'll, we'll do better. But instead of doing that, like in Afghanistan, when we left, pulled the troops out ahead of the people, service members died, we left our weapons with sure. the Taliban, you fire two generals. You got yes. These guys blew it. But instead he got on TV and he was like, no, it was the best evacuation ever.
4: Yes. Well, what about the dogs and the soldiers and the billions of dollars worth of equipment?
2: Yeah. Yeah. The number you have reached is not in service. Like they they just don't acknowledge the rest of the conversation (laughs) because they don't want to own it. But you're right. He should be fired like when he should have been fired. okay, is when he said last week, I know there's been a lot of media attention paid to this particular crash. But there are thousands of derailments happening every year. Yes. As the guy in charge of the trains, like if you went in to get the job, yes. you wouldn't mention on your resume that under your previous train job, you had thousands of derailments. No, you wouldn't. Say that. <laughs>
4: It looks like the old smoke, too, coming out of, like, the yeah. old, old trains and, yeah. like, the Vanderbilt era. Like, it's just this constant thing that's happening, and everybody's ignoring it. Yeah. And yeah, I don't understand why you wouldn't sit him down and go, we feel like you might be bad at this. And, <laughs> and like, is it – you don't want to have the awkward conversation? And also maybe to blame, you could talk to the guy who's like, we need to uh, send out gallons of an, ex- of an you know an yeah. explosive. Mm-hmm. And, like, how many, how many gallons should we send? And they're like, I don't know, a million? <laughs> Huh. <laughs> Is a million, good, and they were like, "Yeah, let's do a million. A million. I feel like that's an irresponsible number on any <laughs> level.
2: <laughs> they're like, they're like the people who give credit cards to you when you're 17.
4: Yeah, they're like, Okay, oh, that's you want a credit fine. card?" They're like, "You can forge your dad's signature, right?" <laughs> then they act surprised when it goes sideways.
2: Yeah. I can't believe we at Mastercard can't believe.
4: Yes, it's you unreal know. that we gave you a 49 percent interest rate,
2: <laughs> and your your entire financial structure is lying to your parents that there's a birthday card and getting twenty dollars right. to walk out. Of the house with
4: oh yeah it's like BMG and what was the other company yeah, Columbia, Columbia house, house who's who believed the
2: nation on their word yeah <laughs> <laughs> there was also the small matter that ten CDs for a penny did show up but the eleven yes. CD it's oh yeah four thousand three
4: hundred ninety eight dollars oh I had I what's crazy is I filled that out several times uh-huh. and still got all the free stuff oh yeah and they'd like call and he'd like letters. I'm a minor I'd be like yeah I'm fifteen
2: I'm twelve. And they used to back off at that point. Yeah, they would. Which is also amazing. So how much profit was in CDs that I, they could get away with? I mean, they did.
4: Well, I mean, I, I think very
2: little after a
4: while. <laughs> after <laughs> enough kids figured out yeah, they I could think, it with 15. <laughs> they, they, yeah, once they realized, once kids were just taking it out of the mail and being like, yes, my name is Mr. <laughs> but
2: I now own the album Incesticide by Nirvana. Yes, yeah, so it's all it's good. it's free. Yeah. Oh, good times, Diamond Dave. Did you own Bleach by Nirvana? Of course I did. What a good album. It's funny because those early Nirvana albums, they're kind of finding their way. Yes. But it's still better than, like, the noise that it came up around. What I mean by that is, like, I was never into, like, thrash metal or death metal. Like, I needed a hint of melody. Yeah. So I liked early Nirvana. And they didn't quite have, like, a pop sensibility. Not that they ever wanted one, but they became pretty pop friendly. But I liked, I liked listening to bands in those early albums find a groove. Yes. Because it reminds you a lot as a comic. Like, I can't go back and watch me on stage in flip-flops in 2002. I don't think anyone should. No, I, I but, wouldn't. But <laughs> you can see somebody else's. Do you think that's – do you think, like, on a, on, a, on a band level, do you think, like, Nirvana and Kurt Cobain was alive? Do you think he could go back and listen to that stuff? Probably not, right? I
4: doubt it. I don't think he – well, I don't think he wanted to listen to it then, from what I can tell. At least his wife
2: certainly didn't. <laughs> Seattle, I'll be there next Friday without <laughs> Dave Landau. No, Come I love Kurt what, Cobain. Believe I you me. Do. (laughs) He's a big Nirvana fan. We're back after this. The critics have spoken. Well, that was
5: different.
1: Yep, lousy, but different. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy
2: Fallon. It's the bottom of the ninth here on Fox Across America. Party's not over. I will be on the Sean Hannity Show tonight, 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And prior to getting on Sean's set, I will be taking over. The Kennedy program on FBN with our guest, Diamond Dave Landau, who makes his debut on the show. Are you fired up? I'm
4: really excited about it, actually. I've been a fan of Kennedy. I'm there with you. Of course. Which I am a big
2: you're of on great. the Dukes of Hazard with Coy and Vance. Yes,
4: exactly. You're
2: so excited to get um, on the show. I, I, I'll you're take on, what I can get. You're on Garfield minus Garfield. <laughs> yes. But I know you're, a, I know you're a, a huge Kennedy fan. I know she's a admirer of yours from afar. And uh, Kennedy it. and I, who are going on a comedy tour... Uh nice. both have a great affinity for your comedy. I do believe there's a new special out. Yes, it's
4: uh a prison10.com. They can go to the name of the special is a prison10 which describes uh
2: my body if I was in prison. Are you saying you'd be more desirable if you were a bachelor behind bars Correct. than on the other side of them? Far more. I think a lot of us have that problem.
4: Yeah, like I, I'm I, on the street I'm a five. <laughs> in the pen, oh, ten. <laughs> <laughs> I just made a cute little rhyme, didn't I? Yes, you
2: did. And you're a little spoon, too. <laughs> yes.
4: You're very much a little spoon. That's the problem is I'm five, six, so that doesn't help either. <laughs> very there's no desirable. F- there's no fight in me.
2: Dave Landau, the bell of the ball. Yes. The bell of the B block. That's correct. (laughs) He will be on Kennedy tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on the Fox Business Network. I will be there as well. Check out prison10.com in the meantime, and you can find out for yourself why this is probably the final episode of Kennedy ever recorded. Possibly. Be there at 7. Uh, The show is over until then. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. We don't care, man.
5: We'll see you tomorrow. Just don't be a